Hello and welcome to this special Christmas edition of the Patapod with Eden Lavelle and Ellie Martin. Hello, you two. Welcome back to the Patapod. How are we doing today? Yeah, right. Yeah, I've been better. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I know Christmas is a very difficult time for you, just because you you hate it. It's, well... Hmm. <laughs> I don't like that label of me. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I find it a bit of an administrative nightmare. There's a lot of people who are all desperate for my attention, and I can't please everyone. So that's a bit complicated. But... <laughs> I am so popular this time of year, and I just need a PA. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, no, I, I love the kind of basic sentiment of it all, and how that manifests itself in others. I God, it's so hard to be sincere. It's, it's just a lie. I don't like it. It's so complex. I can't possibly go one way or the other, you know? Mm. I think I can relate to what you're saying, because I think there's a lot that I get out of Christmas. But I don't think what I get out of Christmas is the same as the majority of the population. Yeah, I think I'm probably similar to that. And, you know, there's there's been even recent Christmases that I've really, really kind of enjoyed. Mm. But it is just more complicated than that. But, yeah, I do I do get a lot kind of vicariously from from kind of witnessing uh, what it does for other people. And it's, it's, it's a really nice... Um, it's like when, when summer hits and all of a sudden there's this massive kind of everyone seems to have a bit of a personality transplant and all of a sudden things are a bit more kind of functional and nice. Um, and you think, oh, well, this would be nice if it was happening all the time. Mm. And it's the same at Christmas, you know, it, it makes people feel better and, and everything's quite nice. Um, and I really like that. And I would never want to, you know, get in the way of anyone feeling that. So yeah, it's a very private scrooginess that I try to cultivate. <laughs> <laughs> and Ellie, what does Christmas mean to you? Um, I really love it. Although it, it's always, well, I say always, like the last 10 years maybe, it's a real time of stress as well. So it's just been like, and you you know, you don't know what I mean. Like I really enjoy the music. I really enjoy the buzz of Christmas. I get a lot out of that, you know, buying gifts for people, um, Christmas markets, putting lights up. Like I, I really love that sort of thing. And I like the coziness of it. And I like having Christmas dinner together and being family and stuff. But actually, December's usually just really manic and stressful and I'm rushing, getting presents at the last minute and just feeling really, really tired and overworked. So it'd be weird this year because I won't, I mean, I'm really, really busy just in a different way and I won't be sort of doing concerts and carol services every night in the way that I normally am or have been in recent years, um, which is kind of a blessing and a curse because it's stressful, but I love it as well. <laughs> mm. So I think it's going to be really different for me with this new job that doesn't revolve around music well it's got nothing to do with music but yeah for me Christmas is a really positive thing yeah I think what I'm quite looking forward to about this year is that the pressure is off Mm. Mm. because there's always particularly with New Year like what are you going to do in New Year like what are you doing between Christmas and New Year who are you going to see and like what are you doing Christmas Day and Christmas Day has always been a bit weird for me particularly the last six seven years because I've been working so I've not been going back home to Ireland or anything and Christmas Day has been not a family Christmas. It's been with, with friends, really. And actually, some of the Christmases that I've had in the past couple of years 
have been, sorry family, some of the best Christmases ever. <laughs> it's been great because there's been no pressure of like, oh, we're eating at this time and then we have to go and see like these relatives at this time and there's been none of that. And also because like it was with Eden and then you have one with me, so obviously you're not going to want that. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, that one with Yumi and Dave was, yeah, one of my all-time favourites. I absolutely loved it. That, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that was, yeah, insane. We are now officially in Advent. Are, are you feeling Christmassy at all? Well, we are, well, not we, I wasn't involved at all, obviously, but a tree was put up in our <laughs> living room yesterday, um, which is very picturesque. And yeah, we all we all finished term recently, and there was a celebration in honor of that. So yeah, it was sociable and jolly, and I think that's you I'm know. I'm really unsure about. <laughs> These are new feelings for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, apparently that you know everyone was saying it was Christmassy. So um, I suppose kind of yes, I've I've kind okay. of absorbed some of that. And it, it was nice, actually. But, you know, that's probably enough for, for one year. Um, yeah. <laughs> you've done really well, actually, from how you described it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a good effort. It was lovely, actually. And Ellie, you've got a tree up. I do have a tree up. Honestly, this tree, oh, it has brought me <laughs> so, oh, wow. so much happiness. I've had a really hard couple of weeks. And the tree, I think, is has kept me going it's kept my spirits up um I drove a long way to get the tree I drove to nearly Doncaster I've no idea oh why I that's nowhere near Nottingham well I was, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago I suddenly decided on a whim on a Saturday I was like we need a tree now I don't care if it's early I need a tree so googled like Christmas tree farms um near me and it came up with like loads of different ones in different counties and for some reason I ended up picking this one in is it Bowtree or Bawtree B-A-W-T-R-Y like which is basically Doncaster uh drove for an hour in the dark and rain and an hour back and got there like 10 minutes before it was closing with like on zero on the petrol tank so I had visions of me breaking down the middle of a Christmas tree forest with no petrol and no tree because they just shut but actually, we got there just in time. We couldn't agree on the tree. And then this man came and helped us and he was wonderful. And he just was like, let's take a look around the corner. There's some nicer trees around there. And then we found like the perfect tree. And um, then there was a petrol garage three minutes away. Just in time. And it's, it's beautiful. Um, it sounds like a Netflix horror special, you yeah. know, before the credits roll. <laughs> Great. That sounds really lovely. Yeah, it's really nice. And then we put all the lights on and I mainly put the decorations on, I'll be honest. I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to decorating trees. And then <laughs> there weren't enough lights, so Alex went out the next day. I was like, we need 300 more for <laughs> <laughs> another massive... So I think there's like... 900 800 or 900 lights but it sounds loads but honestly if you looked at it it's not excessive it's just right <laughs> that's great i had a quick question about your your tree quest um when you were disagreeing about the tree you were going to get and the helpful man then took you around the corner and said this is a much better one was yeah. that much better one also much more expensive by any chance no oh well 
Okay. No, we just we we weren't like having a domestic about the trees, but like, <laughs> like, yeah. maybe a four okay. foot one. I was like, no, it's too small. No, you've got to do it properly. Like if we're going to do it, it needs to be like between five and six foot. So he was being very nice, very patient with me. He was like, okay, how about this one? And I was going, no, that's also horrible because of this. And he didn't understand and just thought I was being stupid. And then this man was like, I'll show you the trees around the corner. And then they were all just amazing. Christmas miracle. (laughs) We should do some quick fire questions. Favourite Christmas film? Eddie, go. um, Can I just ask a a qualifying question? (laughs) Okay. Is it a film that I want to watch at Christmas or does it have to be Christmas themed in the film? Um, I'll give you, let's split into some some questions (laughs) because I I know what you mean. Um, not the same thing. Tell me a film that you like watching that is set at Christmas time or features Christmas in it. Well, this is going to be very dull. Home Alone. Oh, okay. Didn't see that one coming at all. Uh-huh. Eden, <laughs> we'll come back to your part B, Ellie. Um, well, this is this is a little out of my wheelhouse. Um, I can't actually think <laughs> of any. So if you can just say a few to get the ball rolling and I'll... Oh, maybe a Miracle on yes. Street. Never heard of it. Okay. The Grinch. I recall it. Um okay. Oh, yeah, not? sure. <laughs> maybe maybe there's gonna be a little spotlight on Ellie. <laughs> Let's go back to Ellie yeah, <laughs> for yeah. part part B, a film that you like to watch at Christmas time, which is not necessarily oh. set in Christmas. It's like the same kind of vibe. Um, it's basically like Home Alone too. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've never seen that. Um, it is I like Mrs. Doubtfire and Hook are my go-to comfort films. Okay. Like, I need to feel like warm and cosy and nice and stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it'd probably be, probably be those, that trio. Nice. Um, it's very sort of John Williamsy, which I know. obviously I approve of. So, <laughs> well done you. If either of you come up with any, like, quickfire question rounds that we can do, do shout. This is your podcast, right? What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am the face of the brand, but, you know. <laughs> Do you watch um, Shit's Creek by any chance? Of course! That seemed very Dan Levy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very obsessed Thank you. I like to channel both Dan and Dan. Well, he's the actor, isn't he? What's his character's name? David. Dave, oh, David, 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 and Patrick. I'd like to channel both of them mm. in my life. I slip into <laughs> to Dan Levy regularly. Um, <laughs> nice, that's a good lifestyle choice for you. <laughs> right. Okay. So the format for this Patterpod special is that we each come with three. I call them stocking fillers of song, (laughs) Christmas songs, Christmas pieces, choral items, carols that we like or love or whatever, uh, and also come with one piece of coal of a Christmas song that we do not like. Um, Who would like to go first? Eden. Eden, off you go with your first stocking filler. My first stocking filler is the only choral item on my list, and... <gasps> really? Ooh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Well, I was I was trying to you know spread it out for. Um, well, I don't know why really, but I have done. Um, <laughs> anyway, number one is it came up on the midnight clear. Oh. Um, 
<laughs> it's lovely. I've never actually sung it because I'm normally crying while it happens, but um, <laughs> apparently it's really nice. And yeah, I think it's it's in many ways because it's it is Christmassy, but it's also quite easy to remove from Christmas to a certain extent as well. And I think uh, a lot of the meaning is just kind of very generally applicable. I think that really kind of adds to the the effect it has. I think the the verse that always gets me. Oh, I've set myself up here. Do I need to read it out now? That's probably yeah. good, wouldn't it? Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think it's it's verse three that normally really gets me. Yet with the woes of sin and strife, the world has suffered long. Beneath the angel strain have rolled two thousand years of wrong. And man at war with man hears not the love song which they bring. Oh, hush the noise, ye men of strife, and hear the angels sing. And I really like that because it's it's just applicable. It's it's always applicable to something that's happened recently. <laughs> and yeah. um, I was reading today actually the the author of the words, um, someone called Edmund Sears in 1849, Massachusetts, USA, um, seemed to have written it in response to uh, the Mexican-American War, which embarrassingly I'd never even heard of either. And it seemed to be Christmassy and, you know, um, Bethlehem related, but also a kind of, uh, he was a big advocate for peace. And I think he was channeling all that into it as well. Um, and I just really like the breadth that gives it. And I think that that really comes through. Do you prefer the sort of traditional Arthur Sullivan melody? Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's the other, I want to say it's an American one, but it's like 6-8. It's horrendous. This is really awful. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I've not heard just... it, to be honest. <laughs> oh, it's like, it came upon the midnight. You can sort of hear it in the background of like Cinderella or something. Oh, it's dreadful. But yeah, that sort of traditional Arthur Sullivan version is tune is just great and works really well with that text. That is an excellent choice. Um, Ellie? Yeah, mine is, this will not surprise you, 
That works. It's In the Bleak Midwinter by Dark, not Holt. Or Becky McGlade. Well, <laughs> my... that's a tune. I was listening to Becky McGlade's In the Bleak Midwinter earlier, which is also rather lovely. But yeah, it's the dark that does it for me. And I just never get bored of it. And I know that you do probably get bored of it, Alex. But I just love it. And kind of like what Eden was saying, really, I think the text is a Christina Rossetti poem. And I like that each verse is really different. And the first one feels like it just really sets a scene. But yeah, I find it hard not to cry. In that final verse, the what can I give him, poor as I am, when it's just upper voices. Mm. And then when all the mm. other come in, I find it really moving. And I had the pleasure of doing it several years in a row on Midnight Mass in a little church in Hampstead when I was living in London and I used to do quite a bit of depping and I'd often do a Midnight Mass because it was easy enough for me to drive in. So we do that one to a part. Um, and it just always felt very special and my dad had come and watch or some friends had come. And then I think I basically bribed you into doing it last year or the year before or both. It was like, I'll sing at Christmas. I'll stay for Christmas if you do in the bleak midwinter. Um, yeah, no, there was, a, there was a second part to that. <laughs> what's the second part? Oh, yeah, the um, the Haydn. No, no, and I do the soda. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, I don't, I don't know if you actually did, like, explicitly say that. I'm surprised if I didn't, because... Um, <laughs> it was very clear, though, if you didn't. Because I'm... Yeah, I, I wouldn't normally ask for a specific solo, um, but I love it so much. You know what it's like when you just adore a piece and you know that like you can sing it well and you've sung it a lot and it's just like really like means a lot to me. So it's I always really, really love singing it. It makes me so happy mm. and it makes me feel like it's Christmas and there's like quite a lot of nice memories attached to it. And um, yeah, it sort of doesn't feel like Christmas without getting to sing it. Well, it's really interesting you say that because I think you've tapped into what I was had in my mind, but I wasn't really able to express. And I think that that context and setting and the Christmassy feeling it gives you, I think, is the closest I really get to that. And I think, um, you know, it just wouldn't be the same if it was a different time of year or not in not at kind of nighttime in a church or a cathedral. You know, if you're caroling and outside a Burger King. At, Swindon shopping centre I don't think it would have the same effect on me um <laughs> no I'm not surprised by that so... <laughs> <laughs> are they are they paying you to say that <laughs> oh sorry I'm not, I'm not allowed to mention brands <laughs> I don't know it might be a good thing we might be able to get you know <laughs> funding for the podcast yeah is... or you could you could bleep it out and create mystique <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, oh, there's several points there about the whole context and, you know, not... there. Are, I think there are set, certain moments where I don't necessarily feel... I think because November and December are usually really busy months and I've been, like, knee-deep in Christmas music for such a long time mm. and it feels like work. It's usually not until, you know, Midnight Mass and we're doing like a particular carol or something and I'm like okay we've done it now we're there's christmas is here yeah it, and I've, i'm really feeling sad about that this year i was thinking about when that mass earlier and whether i'll sing one this year 
because I have the option of doing one and it'd be really weird not to do one and then I started thinking about Cows by Candlelight the last couple of years and that's been really special for me and like hearing the youth choir sing and then being part of the cathedral choir and getting to conduct and to sing and it was like such a like like you said you're up to your eyes on it and you're it's really weird this year that I won't be kind of doing carol concerts and services like throughout December um and it was hard work but the carols by candlelight was such a highlight and yeah. and when you get to midnight mass there's that sigh of relief where you're like we're nearly at Christmas and then yeah. you really enjoy it and I I found the last couple of years at the cathedral as well like just getting to that point midnight mass felt like such a sigh of relief for me because the 6 p.m mass was the youth choir and then it was such an undertaking and it was wonderful but like so much planning quite a lot of stress and once that was done it's like all I have to do now is turn up and sing and um, enjoy that like Christmassy feeling It's not that I don't like the dark. It's that I think it's overdone and it's done quite a lot. So I get very like immune to the text. And even yeah. even we, when we've done mm. it, I'm like, yeah, this is really nice, but I'm really immune to it. But I've really enjoyed, because I think we did the Becky McGlade last year um, at yeah. Cathedral and we're doing it in Salford this year. But I remember a couple of years ago hearing a quartet sing the Holst version, just unaccompanied on their own. And I was like, this is stunning. This is beautiful. Mm. Yeah, I, I still love the host. I, I think it's it's really gorgeous. Yeah. So I'm I haven't actually figured out what I want to put in my stockings yet because I was almost going to wait until <laughs> you two did your suggestions and then sort of. <laughs> okay. So you're going to do our choices and then you're going to do your three at the end and make them really alternative and interesting. <laughs> well, they'll not be that interesting, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I think we'll do that though. Yeah, if you don't mind, is that all right? <laughs> yeah, of do course. not mind. <laughs> um, Eden, over to you for your second stocking choice. My second choice is "Driving Home for Christmas" by Chris Ria. <laughs> I'm not really sure how I feel about this. I think it's mostly just because it's actually just quite a good song and I think that the, the little story behind how it was written I find really appealing and he it was 
So it was written um, in 1978, which was eight years or so before we actually recorded it. And he needed to get home to Middlesbrough from London. And his wife came down to drive him home so they could save money. Um, and then on the way back, they got stuck in heavy traffic and, you know, kind of looking around and everyone looked really grumpy. And he sort of sang the opening lines, just kind of made them up and sang them as a bit of a kind of joke. Um, and uh, and it just kind of bloomed from that. And he sort of wrote down the lyrics whenever they paused under a streetlight for the rest of the journey. And um, I think I, I really liked that because I think so often it's kind of, you know, particularly if, if an artist has done really well and then is kind of on the decline, it's kind of, right, how can I get my career back on track? Let's write a Christmas song. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's so often such a contrived thing that it's just really refreshing to have one that just bloomed organically. <laughs> I think actually that just changes it so much for me that, yeah, I was just convinced from, from there on after, really. Uh, and I, yeah, I think it's a great song. I think it's got some good playing in it. I think it's, it's interesting, catchy, good vocals. Yeah, I think I like him as a person, as an artist. So yeah, I think again, it, it didn't. I didn't mean for it to be this way. I'm really trying to not be a Scrooge, but I think it's because it's so unChristmassy that that I really like it. Essentially, <laughs> perfect. Anything anyone else would like to add on that, Ellie? Any fun facts about the song? It's a nice, warm, fuzzy song. And um, mm. last year, when I was driving home for Christmas on Christmas Day, because um, I sang in the morning and then drove to London straight after church via London, London, London to drop you off, Alex. Yeah, and I got Alex quite drunk on the way. On the way, <laughs> with like mini gins. Um, and then when <laughs> I drove off from him, I put on my, I'd made a, a Christmas playlist for myself called Driving Home for Christmas. And the first song was obviously Driving Home for Christmas. Yeah, it was just like that really nice feeling of like, I've done December and I'll be home in two hours and I can get hammered. <laughs> all about and I feel like I've captured the spirit of Christmas right there and we don't need to carry on with the rest of this catapult really. oh I got red lights all around I'm driving home for Christmas yeah get my feet on holy ground so I see Oh, the last thing I was going to say that is just quite funny um, for that song is um, he didn't actually play it live until 2014 when he was kind of forced to um, by fans and crew. And again, I just really like that even though it was, you know, a, a huge success for him, I think he just kind of resented it a little bit. Um, and I, I just think that's so cool oh, wow. <laughs> as well. I just I just really like the guy. <laughs> Good choice. Good choice. Um, Ellie, Go. Second choice, second song choice. We're flying through this. This is excellent. Yeah. Well, you know, we've always been efficient, us three. <laughs> um, my second choice is, and I know that this is like so many people's favourite Christmas songs. It's not very original, but it is Fairy Tale of New York by The Pokes. It's just a great song and it, it's funny. But it also, 
Makes me think of, um, I've got really nice memories of singing it with Daisy. Probably not an appropriate song choice for the age that she was when I used to play it in the car. Um, but before I moved to Nottingham, like if we'd drive around together this kind of time of year, um, we'd always put it on. And every time she got in my car around Christmas time, she'd say, put the New York song on. Um, this is like maybe five years ago. And she was, I mean, she's still cute, but she was, you know, cuter. So I've just got like lots of nice memories of singing it with her and then like i think last christmas day i did an impression of the man in it for the whole song <laughs> made my dad cry with laughter which is also a nice <laughs> nice little memory well again funny funny you say that we're so in sync because that was a, a real contender for me as well and i in i think i was doing as music tech and we had to do a little christmas project and we chose to record that song so I had to do my best Shane McGowan impression. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, I think the file must exist somewhere. for your final stocking choice. Sure. I think this one is is quite genuinely Christmassy, actually. And, um, you know, I used to love Christmas as a kid. It was always very exciting. And my, you know, my mum always made a big deal of it. And, you know, I'd spend a bit of time with mum and then a bit of time with, you know, dad and siblings and stuff. And there were lots of very fond memories. I, You know, there's no, no bad blood there at all, really. So, yeah, kind of brings me back to that and we'd we'd always watch uh the snowman the little animated film yeah um with the uh, the walking in the air song with um that treble kid who isn't Alan jones it's the other one peter orty yes go. there we go yeah it's got a massive nostalgia effect for me now well mine was <laughs> very 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 nearly also walking in the air huh? <laughs> it's a sad film it makes me really upset when i watch it Oh, it's yeah, it's heartbreaking, so, isn't it? I'm going to have to watch it this Christmas. Actually, in answer to your previous question, Alex, that is that is the Christmas film to watch. It's the snowman. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Do you want to do you want to ask me my do you want to ask me the quick fire question again? Yes, I can. I can give you that quick fire maybe. question. So, Eden, what's your favourite Christmas <laughs> film? I think it would have to be the snowman, the little animated thing with the uh, the boy and the snowman. Oh. But, yeah, I think Iron Brew overdubbed it and did an advert um, hilariously. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the original, the original Snowman. Yeah, it's wonderful. It just uh, takes me way back to, to Christmases with Mum in particular. Aww. And uh, yeah, well, it's, it's uh, very sad, but yeah, very sweet as well. <laughs> I'm just going to send an email to Iron Brew to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. So what's the Snowman about? Go on, Eden, the floor is yours. Um, 
So I'm just going to Wikipedia up for a sec. <laughs> he has a really good time with a snowman in the night whilst everyone else is asleep. And they go out and they they fly. They're holding hands. And he takes this boy on an adventure in the sky. And it's amazing. And it's like just his secret. Uh, I mean, I'm making it sound really inappropriate. But the, snow, the snowman's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> for, a, for a fly anyway the sad bit is that in the morning the snowman the snowman has melted and his friend has gone and it's and all he sees is like the snowman's clothes and it's really upsetting gosh I mean it the really flying is. thing I'm pretty sure that wouldn't happen in real life um, <laughs> but I do like the realistic ending on that I think that's really <laughs> that's a good life lesson for kids to learn at no, a young age really at Christmas time certainly not in 2020 <laughs> the inevitability of abandonment well it just it takes me back to Frozen and you know when what's that thing's name Olaf yeah but he name? just has a snow cloud thing put over him for life he's fine yeah Happy pretty sure that wouldn't happen in real life yeah well <laughs> you know, I don't think a, a, a like queen woman like making stuff out of her hands that's like ice mm, ice houses yeah. would happen yeah true I don't think you've really yeah. understood the point of children's films, Alex. <laughs> I guess not really. Maybe I should rewatch them. Would you like to tell us about your third um, stocking filler there? I will. This is difficult. Um, but I went for a sort of slightly less traditional one, even though I wanted to just pick a traditional one. And this is My Lord Has Come by Will Todd. I thought you might. Did you? Am I that predictable? No, because I, I put it down and I was like, and this is half the reason why I want you to all go first. <laughs> I'm just a sucker for like those harmonies those kinds of chord extensions particularly the added nine you know when it goes my lord has come like those two chords i just love it it's very slushy and smushy other words like that um but not too much and i really enjoyed singing it i've sung it a couple of times it feels like a big hug in a piece of music (laughs) Thank you. 
Would you like to read out some of the text, Ellie? Ah, <laughs> uh, no. Sorry, not really, because I get really self-conscious when I read text. Why don't you read it, Alex? You've got a lovely lyrical voice. <laughs> I'll do it in my Irish accent. Please do. <clears throat> Shepherds called by angels, called by love and angels. No place for them but a stable. My Lord has come. <laughs> Sages searching for stars, searching for love in heaven. No place for them but a stable. My lord has come. Haunting. No, and this is the best line. Matter of fact, my lord. I'm I'm going to go to southern accent now, which I can't do. So I apologise to anyone who's listening from the south of Ireland. But this is the line I love. His love will hold me. His love will cherish me. Love will cradle me. And then back to the north. Lead me, lead me to see him. Sages and shepherds and angels. No place for me but a stable. My Lord has come. <laughs> I was getting serious like Google Translate vibes from the, the southern bit. <laughs> I do it in my Margaret Thatcher voice. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> it's not really Margaret Thatcher. It's Gillian's version of Margaret Thatcher. But I'm not there yet with it. Okay. Oh, I need to kind of get into it. I need to, what do I need to say? Your my Lord has come. Me. Just say, my Lord has come. My Lord has come. <laughs> Shepherd, called by angels, called by love and angels. No lower, place for lower, them, rougher. But a stable, my Lord has come. Head tilt. Overbite. <laughs> we'll get there in um, work, but you know, it's in its early stages. Oh, that's incredible. I'm blown away by that. <laughs> Excellent choice, Ellie. Great. Well done. Thank you. I'm just going to edit my list now. Okay, Alex, what's your first Christmas stocking choice? My first one is going to be the classic, uh, and it's the piece that when we do it at Midnight Mass, I am like, right, it's Christmas, and it's O Come All Be Faithful. Woo! I said it. And I think it's... (laughs) I think what I love every year is that every year I try and find something new to do with it, or, like, try and go against expectation. And I've basically tried not to do the David Wilcox arranged Descant verse most years, because I find it too predictable and everyone gets that bit and it's like oh there we are we're all the congregation suddenly singing the descant (laughs) (laughs) and which is quite stressful so i prefer to do things like the david hill descant which i think is
that is my that is my choice, my first choice. And also, apparently, I used to sing it all the time when I was growing up um, and get the words <laughs> wrong. My mum used to say so. It's um, an excellent choice. My mum oh. would approve as well. And what about your second one, Alex? Well, <laughs> it just follows on from that conversation because it is uh, Silent Night, which is it- I. Oh. Say again? No, sorry, I'm not going to preempt you. Tell me which version. So I'm going to put in the John Rutter arrangement oh, of Silent Night, okay. which I think is stunning because the second verse is what's the text? Heavenly Host sing Alleluia, and it's the tenors. I think you've got the tune, and the sopranos and altos are doing this lovely sort of eyeing thing over the top, um, and I think it's stunning. It's a really stunning choral arrangement of it. That's just really clever and really uh, just really effective. loved it as a carol and doing it as sort of a congregation and uh, we were chatting the other day at the cathedral about what we're going to do for our midnight mass the fact that we can't get any congregation singing inside the building and we were talking about well actually can we get the congregation to meet outside in the cathedral gardens to sit and they've got a, a crib outside and we all sing silent night out there like mm. at midnight which would be which I, I mean i find something like quite an emotional song anyway but i think that would be really moving to have a congregation singing it's such a good arrangement i think it was you that introduced me to that arrangement and um it's i agree with you like it was really hard to choose for this actually because i there were so many carols that I'd done. Silent Night was up there for me as well. And I listened to the Chilcot version earlier as well, which is yeah. you introduced me to. Um, but I think, like you, I think I marginally prefer the Rutter, although they're both really beautiful. I think I think what I love about both of them is that they've got their, their place. So the Rutter is definitely a choir performance piece. It's not like a let's all join in. Whereas with the Chilcot, you can, when I've done it in the past, we've done it as a congregational thing. So the third verse, there's a lovely soprano descant line over the top. And I think that's really, I've heard that done so movingly when you've got the congregation singing along and just this lovely sort of solo soprano line going Do you up. hear my voice? When yeah. You. I, I, it's quite hard not to hear your voice in many pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I can't work out whether you said something nice to me or whether you said something horrible. And- I think I said something nice, but it's really hard it's to hard tell. To tell I've been working on that this year. Um, <laughs> you developing as a human? 
trying to well it's just something that um will and i talked about in the last patapod where you try and say something really sincere and it doesn't come across that way <laughs> no because you and i are used to like that's part of our friendship is constantly taking the piss out of each other so that's why like i'm sure if it was someone that didn't know you so well they'd be like oh thank you whereas i'm like does he mean it <laughs> yeah exactly and this is the thing that I struggle with this time of the year when people give me gifts I don't like surprises full stop so the ultimate surprise is a gift that you have to unwrap and usually you have to do it in front of the person who's given it to you <laughs> and the pressure is really on and I really struggle with it because even if I do actually genuinely like the gift I struggle to you know get that across sincerely i remember that from christmas day with you two years ago and i got you like a stocking full of little bits and i remember thinking this would just be better if alex just goes off on his own for a while and opens the things and probably that we don't see each other for a week and i send you a card yeah you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) don't worry because i won't i won't ever ever get and then that's (laughs) all anyway thank you for saying a nice thing you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> it's growth, I think, for me. Doing really well. Thank you. My final What's choice. Your final piece. <clears throat> doing really well. My final piece is "We Need a Little Christmas" oh. from Mame oh. musical, nice. which was first performed by Angela Lansbury, <laughs> and. <laughs> Christmas is camp, yeah. And um <laughs> but I first heard it on the first Glee Christmas special Ooh. and was like, what is this horrendous piece of music? And I just have loved it ever since. And <laughs> I've tried to do it with almost every choir that I conduct. I'm like, I think we should do this really, really good song. <laughs> <laughs> Eden was like, when you mentioned Glee, and was like, ooh. <laughs> Are you also a Glee fan? I mean, I was for the first, like, two, maybe three seasons, but then I lost interest. Absolutely. I, I loved the first season, second was alright, and then by the end of the third, I, I tuned out. Exactly the same trajectory. Yeah. I didn't ever watch it. Oh, I thought you'd really like it. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot of the music choices that I made for the Radcliffe Ladies Choir in the first two years were based on the soundtrack of Glee. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I went to Glee for inspiration sometimes when I was trying to come up with stuff to do with kids at school. I'd just look through like all the Glee songs that they do. 
but I've never actually watched an episode. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, actually, you've probably done it the wrong way around because doing the, um, I mean, some, it's so overproduced, but I sort of, maybe I love that. Maybe I do. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, Glee definitely inspired the first sort of couple of years of Ladies Choir. I think Proud Mary was the first song <laughs> that I was like, we're going to do Proud Mary. And it, it's just because of Glee. Mm-hmm.